Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Lord, how we thank you. Matter of fact, God, if we had 10,000 tongues, still would not be enough for us to give you the praise that you are worthy of. But Lord, with the one tongue that you do have, we say thank you. Thank you for last night saying that. Thank you for early this morning. You touched us with a finger of love. Our eyes became open and we saw a day that we weren't promised to see. We say thank you, Lord, for bringing us safely to the house of worship. Allowing us another opportunity to give you the glory, the honor that you are worthy of. Now, Lord, as I stand to share and declare this word, strengthen me for the task at hand. Crucify darkness, but glorify the Father. Lord, let your word work in me, on me, but most of all, let it work through me. Let your word find its desired destination in the depths of someone's heart and soul, that it may spring up a well of everlasting life. Spirit of the living God, have thine own way. Have thine own way. Have thine own way. Have thine own way. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we thank you. Amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together one more time. Yeah. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. To be praised. We do give God all the praise, glory, and the honor. Spirit is in this place. Hallelujah. To the only God, we give him glory and honor. To his son, Jesus that gave his life and now I owe him mine to the power that indwells the believer through the person of the Trinity that is the Holy Spirit these my fellow preach brethren in the gospel to you my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus visitors friends those that are watching by way of social media Last but not least, those that are watching by way of the BS3 network, good morning to you. Man, let's not bore your patience. It's time for me to get to work. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Judges chapter 3. And I'm going to preach from one verse. 26 words. Y'all praying? This is going to take some doing. Amen. Judges chapter 3, verse 31. One verse. And I can tell that some of y'all are so familiar with Judges chapter 3 that I still hear pages turn. Amen. <laughs> There are some good things in some unknown places in the word of God. And I'm not one of those preachers that's afraid to use the whole Bible. Amen. Amen. Came out of Lamentations last week. And hey, we're going to go to Judges chapter 3. It wasn't my doing, but it was God's design. And Judges 3.31, if you still haven't found it, that's all right. I'm going to read it to you. It's only 26 words. These words are recorded collectively in your hearing. As I oftentimes do, I read from the King James Version. It says, and after him 
was Shamgar, the son of Anath, which slew of the Philistines 600 men with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. Amen. May God bless the readers, the hearers, and the doers of his word. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, let God use you. Amen. Let God use you. As we are together today, there are many individuals that God has blessed with talents, gifts, and abilities. God has given each and every one of us an assignment. And in addition to the assignment that God has given us, God has given us the ability to use what he has given. But I wonder, and I don't mean to be nosy, I wonder how many of us are using the talents, gifts, and abilities that God has given us for his glory. Let me pause, rewind, and play it again. I didn't say for your glory. I say it for the Lord's glory. Not, not that you would get the pat on the back. Not that you would get acknowledged, but that God would be praised. Oftentimes, wonder, wonder, wonder. When we come to worship service, for some, is it simply a performance? Or do you really and truly believe in what you're doing when you come into his place? When you lift your hands and give God glory and tell him thank you, do you really mean it? Or is it a performance for somebody that's sitting on your road? I don't mean to be in anybody's business, but we've got to learn to let God use us. Can I just be honest with you? God desires to use us in his service. We need to be like that old song that said, use me, Lord, in your service. Draw me nearer every day. But if I bore your patience and keep you too long, let's keep our eyes in this text for just a moment. As we examine the scene of this text, we are going to come to a man of, that is relatively unknown. Man by the name of Shamgar. Maybe you've heard of him, but maybe you haven't. Shamgar was also one of the judges that ruled of Israel. Watch this now. You have heard of some of the other judges. Can I call the roll with just some of them? You've heard of Deborah and Barak. You've heard of Gideon and how Gideon had a, an, an army and he thought that he didn't have enough, but God said that he had too many. You remember in Sunday school when Gideon went and God told him, first of all, tell the ones that scared to go home. God doesn't need any coward soldiers in his army. Then take some of them down and let them drink. And those that drink and don't laugh and pay attention to their surroundings, send them home too. Gideon thought he had too little. God said you had too much. And Gideon goes and fights a battle and wins. But God was on his side. You, you may not know Shamgar, but you remember another judge by the name of Samson. Y'all remember Samson, don't you? Samson was a man of brute strength. He was one of a Nazarite doctrine that he could not have a razor put on his head and he could not touch anything unclean. But Samson ran into a woman by the name of Delilah. And when Samson ran into Delilah, he began to experience a downward turn. See, you got to learn that when God has placed a covenant relationship in your life, you've got to obey the word of God. But watch this. You know Samson because of his strength. You know what the Bible says, that Samson killed a lion with his bare hands. Matter of fact, as I was reading Judges, I read that Samson, Deacon Gardner, even went and caught 300 foxes, tied their tails together by two. Lit the tails on fire to destroy the property of the enemy. 
That ain't good enough. Most of us remember that when Samson's hair was cut off and he lost his strength. The Bible said that they put him in a dark place. His hair began growing back. Now he's standing at the pillars and pushes the pillars and brings the building down, destroying the army of the enemy. Y'all remember Samson, don't you? Y'all remember a lot of the judges, but there's not much mention about this man by the name of Shangar, except what we see here in these 26 words. There is another footnote to him in Judges 5 and 6, but it's simply an acknowledgement. So what can we learn by the person of this man named Shamgar? Well, I'm glad you're asking. You might as well pray with me because I'm going to walk through this text today. When we look at Shamgar, the, the first thing that I want you to understand is that Shamgar's name has dual meaning. First thing, first thing that his name means, if you were to look it up in the Hebrew, his name means sword. There's another unknown relative, unknown because his name didn't come directly from the Hebrew, but it was a combination, and his name is also translated stranger. Are you still here? When we see him in the text, we find out that he's now a man of obscurity, and he's been placed in a place of obscurity. Can I help somebody to understand this? The first thing that I want to share with you, point number one, uh, is that we have to understand to let God use us where God has placed us. Point number one, let God use us where God has placed you. God, God wants to use you exactly where he has placed you. You ain't going to pray with me and you may not like what I want to say, but we oftentimes want God to use us on the mountaintop. Okay, let me preach to myself this morning. There are some preachers that don't want to preach unless there's a crowd full of folk. There are some folk that don't want to sing unless the church is full of art. It's their favorite song. But can I tell you something that God doesn't always want to use you on the mountaintop? That there are times in your life where God wants to get some glory from you while you are down in the valley. Do I have anybody in this place that will testify and agree with me that sometimes the best praise is the praise not on the mountaintop, but when you're down in the valley. Because what I've discovered is that when I'm down in the valley and it seems like I'm down to nothing, that God is up to something. Do I have anybody in here that's got a valley praise? That, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Because even in the valley, I can lift my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. We want to pick and choose where God uses us, but the place where God has you right now is where God has destined and designed his purpose for your life. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Can I help you to understand that you may not like where you are right now, but God has you exactly where he wants you to be. This may not be your cry for deliverance, but this may be your cry for development. That through the midst of what you're going through, through the midst of what you're experiencing, God is preparing you for a later assignment. Are you still here with me? And where you are right now is your current assignment. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, where I am right now is where God placed me. But it's only an assignment in my life. And whether you like where you are or not, or whether you're glad about it, you are on assignment for God. Don't miss your assignment. Be used where you are. Relative unknown person. Name has dual meanings. One sword and the other one is a stranger. To many Bible readers, he is a relative stranger. He is an unknown character. But what I want you to understand about him is that we learn a lot about our own life and about God's placement. Can I tell y'all something about God's placement? God's placement designates God's purpose. And when we talk about God's purpose, we talk about a phrase that many of us don't like. And that is God's timing. Look at your neighbor and say God's timing. Now can I just be honest with you? 
I don't always like God's time. You got quiet, you didn't say amen. But I can assure you that everybody in here don't like God's time. Watch me call the road and get somebody. God, why did you take mom? When you decided to take her. It was when I needed her most when, when God, you decided in your infinite wisdom that her time served here had ended. That's because God's timing prevailed. You still here? How, how many of you? How many of you were wondering why you lost that job that you needed to provide for your family? Because you read in the word where the Bible said God will provide and take care of you. But now God has caused you to be in a situation where you've got to trust Him. Can I tell you? I don't always like God's timing, but God always has perfect timing. Am I right about it? I'm going to prove it to you. Grandma Nim called us that. Yeah, I said Grandma Nim called us that. They said that he may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. That means that God has perfect timing. So in the midst of where you are and where God has placed you, understand that God has perfect time. Can I tell you somebody? Some of us are reading the wrong press clippings. You think you got to be elevated to be effective. You think that you need applause and accolades to be anointed and appointed. Can I go on? You think that you got to be famous to be faithful. You think that you need a title to be tenured. You think that you got to be impressive to be impactful. You think that you got to be mentioned to be meaningful. But can I rewind and play it again? The only thing that God needs you to be is available. Look at somebody and say, I'm available for God to use me. I don't need accolades. I don't need applause. I don't need elevation. I just need to be available. Is there anybody here that's available? That made yourself available to God? Is anybody in here? I'll make one. Do I have two others that say, I'll go where he wants me to go? I'll say what he wants me to say. I'll do what he wants me to do. The only thing that God is looking for us is to be available, to be used by God. Listen, listen, it doesn't matter about your background. He comes from a relative unknown background. Watch this. People are the only ones that will hold your past against you. They're always concerned about where you come from or what you used to do. I wish I had some help in here. I, I don't mind telling you I come from East Garland. Matter of fact, matter of fact, I wasn't born in North Garland. I wasn't born in West Garland. I wasn't even born in South Garland. I was born on the other side of Garland, East Garland, the railroad tracks. You ain't playing with me. But can I tell you something about it? It doesn't matter where you come from if God is on your side. Because while people are looking at your past, God has promised you a present and getting ready to propel you in your future. Do I have about five of you that say, if you can look back over my life and see where I am now, you will jump out and be glad with me that I don't look like what I've been through. Uh, here's for those haters. I don't need you to look at my bank account. Because I don't need network to determine my self-worth. Do I have any help up in here? God has a way of taking the ordinary and turning them into extraordinary. God has a way of taking the plain and turning them into powerful. Taking you through a test to give you a testimony. Dealing with your mess and giving you a miracle. Here it is, here it is, here it is. God, God, God wants to use you where God has placed you. Tell your neighbor, God want to use you where God has placed you. As a matter of fact, some of you wondering right now why you are in the place that you're in. But can I tell you something? I've said it before, but let me say it again. The worst place to be in is the best place to pray in. The text is tailored to teach us some things about this man named Shamgar. He was the son, I'm in the scripture, 
of an act. The word an act means answer. Which slew of the Philistines. Y'all remember the Philistines, don't you? The arch enemies of Israel. Matter of fact, it was David that slew the giant Goliath who was captain of the Philistine army. He slew the Philistines with 600 men. Watch this now. With an ox goat. Somebody say ox goat. I know you don't know what it means, so let me break it down and help me understand what it means. But before I do that, can I tell y'all my second point? My second point is this. Let God use you with what God has put in your hand. Somebody missed that cutest sound right there. Let God use you with what God has put in your hand. My God, my God, let me, let me help you understand something. David had a slingshot that was put in his hand. Matter of fact, matter of fact, when David got ready to fight the lion, they started dressing David up in all the armor. And he said, wait a minute. I can't wear all this stuff because this stuff ain't battle tested. In other words, David was saying, God didn't put this armor in my hand. But God put this little slingshot in my hand. He said, and Goliath comes at me uh, in the name of the Philistine army, but I defy Goliath in the name uh, of the God that I serve. Are you still here? God has placed something in your hand. Maybe you didn't get that, but watch this. Come here, Moses. Moses getting ready to go in Egypt later. Moses said, when I get there, God, who should I tell Pharaoh sent me? He said, tell him I am that I am. And when Moses got there, there were some magicians in Pharaoh's arm. Magicians turned the rod into a snake. And Moses was there and he said, Moses, what you got in your head? Watch this. God had already showed Moses how to use what's in his head. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you better learn how to use what God has placed in your head. Moses threw down his rod. Rod turned into a serpent. His serpent ate the serpent of Pharaoh's army. Moses picked up the rod. The rod turned back into a rod. Watch this. You thought I was done. Now Moses is getting ready to leave Egypt land. He's got Pharaoh's army behind him. He's got the Red Sea in front of him. Mountains all around him. And God said, Moses, what do you have in your hand? He said, all I have is this rod. Take your rod and stretch it out. Moses used what was in his hand and stretched out his rod. And when Moses stretched out the rod, the Red Sea, the Bible said, continue. Parted on both sides. Israel walked across on dry land. Wow, you, you miss your key to sound? How could they walk across on dry land? Because God gave Moses something in his hand, and he used what God had placed. Oh, but let me ask you a question. What does God put, has, what has God placed in your hand? Oh, you still ain't going to pray with me. Come here, little boy. With your little sack lunch. I remember when Jesus was with a multitude. Y'all ain't praying with me. I'm trying to serve you. And when Jesus saw the multitude getting hungry, the disciples said, send them away and let them get food. They said, we don't have enough food to feed everybody. Jesus said, I didn't ask you what you don't have. I want to know what do you have. Look at somebody and say, God wants to know. God is taking inventory of what you do have. He brings his lunch. Has what he has in his hands, transfers it to Jesus' hands, and Jesus takes the two fists and the five barley loaves and blesses it and breaks it, turns a sack lunch into a mega meal that feeds 5,000, not including women and children. Let's examine what God has placed. In Shamgar's hands. Yes, yes, yes. Can I show you what, they, what God put in his hands? Yes, it's right there in the text. It says, he slew of the Philistines. 600 men. Watch this. With an ox. Gold. All right, all right. I may have missed you, but let me, let me explain to you what an ox gold was. All right. An ox gold was a long pole. 
As I was studying it, it, it was in the Bible times, it was probably a, more likely a stick. It was anywhere between six feet and eight feet long. On one end of the ox gold was a pointed and sharp end. And what the farmers would do is, when the most stubborn ox would stop working, they would take one end of the ox gold and stick it to give the animal purpose so they would continue to move. I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me. On the other end of the ox gold, there was a chisel almost like a shovel. And what it would do, Franklin, is it would, it would be used to keep the plow clear. So that the ox is working, it would clear out the mud and clutter so it wouldn't impede the progress of work. Point it in, used to poke the animal that thought that the work was done in a sense to say, keep on moving. Then use the other end to clear the plow, plow and give a sense to keep on working. Oh, you missed it. You missed it. Can I pause, rewind, and put it together and show you what God is trying to show you here in this text? What God is trying to show you is that when I'm using you, I've got the tools ready to keep you moving and keep you working. You missed your key to sound right there because the devil is trying to slow you down, but God is saying keep on moving. Talk to somebody next to you and say, neighbor, I don't know what you're going through, but this word is for you. Keep on moving. Keep your head up. Keep your eyes up. Keep your focus on the Lord and keep on moving. I don't care what comes in your life up. People may talk about you. Family and friends may forsake you, but you gotta keep on. Look, is there anybody in this place that can say, I'm not gonna let anything stop me. I'm gonna keep on moving. Because with God on my side, I'm unbeatable. I'm undefeatable. I can conquer everything. No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Then if you keep on moving, tell somebody, don't get complacent. Keep on working. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Keep on working. Keep moving. Keep working. Here it is, here it is. That, that with this piece, of farming equipment. He didn't have those military soldiers in here. Wilkerson Garner, he didn't have weapons of mass destruction. He had simple garden tools. But watch this. When he used what God gave him to use, it became valuable for the kingdom of God. Come here, somebody, I'm talking to you. You got to learn to use what God gave you to you. Okay, okay, I'm going to prove I'm not jealous of a preacher that can preach better than me. I'm not mad when there's a preacher that can sing better than me. Because God didn't give me that gift. God gave me another gift. I'm not trying to get in anybody's lane. I'm staying in my own lane. If I can't sing, I'm going to pass the mic to somebody that can't sing. Look at somebody and say, stay in your lane and use what God has given you to his glory. Problem is, problem is too many people trying to use somebody else's gift. That ain't ministry, that's misery. When you're trying to be something that you like, that's not faith, that's faith. God has called you to use your gift to the full extent that he has blessed you to use it with. I may not be able to sing like somebody else. I may not be able to pray like somebody else. I may not even be able to preach like somebody else. But God has given me something. He's given me an ability to have a gift that will bring him glory. Slew the Philistines, 600 men with an ox goat. Watch this. Can I go a little further? When we see him, we see him now slaying 600 Philistines. Franklin, 
Colter, Gideon had an army. Samson had brute strength. Moses was also considered a judge. Moses had great leadership skills. But in the text, I don't see where Samson had anything other than an ox goat. But can I give y'all my third point? That almost made me tear up my own shower this morning. My third point is this. Let God use you while God is preparing you. You missed it. You missed it. Can I pause, rewind, and play it again? Let God use you while God is preparing you. Can I rewind the point number one? The place that God has put you in is God preparing you for something later on. This is not your place of destiny. This is your place of purpose. Tell somebody, I'm right now standing in my place of purpose, but God is going to take me to my place of destiny. Let God use you while God is preparing you. God is showing me how to use exactly what he's placed in my hands. Oh, I got to hurry on to a close. But here's the salad part. He only had an ox goat. But the part that shouted me about verse 31. All right, was simply the three words after the code. It says, and he also. You missed your key to sound right there? And he also. Meaning, he wasn't the only one that delivered Israel. He wasn't the most famous one that delivered Israel. He wasn't the strongest one that delivered Israel. He wasn't the wisest one that delivered Israel. But he also delivered Israel. Meaning God can use anybody he decides to use. No matter what your condition is, God can take you and make you into what he would have you to be. Am I right about it? I'm getting ready to go to my seat. But I got happy about it because every now and then I get discouraged in ministry when it seems like you're carrying ministry all by yourself. When the weight of ministry is all on your shoulders. You like to delegate responsibilities but nobody's there that you can delegate responsibilities to. I speak for every pastor in town. I speak for every preacher that stands. When I want to encourage you today and let you know I saw something in the text that made me run on a little while longer to see what the end's going to be. I'm just going to encourage myself. Ain't worried about nobody else. But I'm going to encourage Dawkins right now. When I see the end of that verse, something speaks to me. I see Shagmar, Shagmar, at the end of the text. It said, and he also delivered Israel. You can't see it now, but Shagmar seemed to be all by himself. But can I tell you something? Number one, he wasn't by himself. There was something on the inside, something standing with Shagmar that allowed him to run on a little while longer. Am I right about it? And he also delivered Israel. The second thing that I discovered is that if you don't have anybody that will go with you, that as long as God is on your side, help is appreciated. But I discovered that I don't need any help. As long as God is on my side, I can 
can conquer the uncomfortable. I can climb the highest mountain. I can swim the depths of the deepest sea. Am I right about it? But he also delivered Israel. Can I hurry on to a close? I thought about who else delivered Israel. Y'all don't mind if I tell you the story. Moses delivered Israel. Let him out of Egypt land. Am I right about it? David was the king of Israel. He was anointed and appointed by God. Made some decisions. Established the kingdom. Am I right about it? I heard when Moses died, Joshua, Joshua decided to follow God's directions and led Israel. Am I right about it? But oh, there's somebody else that I got to tell you about that delivered Israel. And not only did he deliver Israel, he delivered you and you and you and you. Y'all don't mind, do you? If I tell you about it, can I tell you about the, the man that delivered Israel? I'm talking about some unprecedented deliverance. I'm talking about the some strange deliverance. Can I go a little bit further? I'm so glad it was unprecedented. As a matter of fact, there was one verse to describe just who he was and what he did. Just like one verse describes Shabbat. There's one verse to describe the other deliverer of Israel and the deliverer of our soul. Can I tell you what that verse is? It's not Judges 3, but it's John 3. It's not Judges 3 and 31, but it's John 3.16. Y'all don't mind, do you? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Son came down 42 generations. Walk the dusty road of the room, heal the sick, raise the dead, pick up a cross, with the carrier, hung on an old rugged cross, something between two thieves, he died, then he died, they took him out the cross, put him in a barry tomb, he laid there for three whole days, but early Sunday morning, he got us something in his hand. Look at the neighbor. That same neighbor. Because he got up with all power in his hand. I got power in my hand. I got power to help me walk right up. Power to help me walk right up. Power to help me live right. Power to help me stay right. And all I want is to be used by God. Use me, God. For your service, use this mouth that you would get the glory. Use my legs. I want to walk where you want me to go. Am I right about it? Until I come to the end of my journey. Am I right about it? And one of these days, I'm going to stand before you. I want to hear him say, Well done. Well done. That good and faithful service. Come on up. Come on up. You've been thankful of a few things. Let God use you. Let him use you. I don't care how old you are. Let God use you. I don't care if you're young and you haven't got everything figured out yet. God wants to use you for his service. Maybe you haven't been allowing God to use you to your fullest capacity. God is speaking expressly to you today. God is saying, I didn't give you your gift for you to sit down on it. See, some of us like the animals that sit down on eggs want something to hatch. God says, I don't want you to sit on nothing to hats. I've already hatched and burst something in you. And 
And God wants you to be a part of a movement, not a monument. Y'all know what a monument is? Monument is something that you stand and look up at and admire how beautiful it is, but it ain't going nowhere. And some church folks are just like monuments. We just sit there for people to look at us and see how pretty we are. They can tell us how anointed we are. But you ain't going nowhere. Talking, it ain't saying nothing. Moving, it ain't going anywhere. But God wants us to be about his business. Be active in his service. Let God use you. And not just use you, but use you to your fullest capacity. The only way that that happens, you must become available. Look at your neighbor and say available. The best ability is availability. God has already proved that he is dependable. He is reliable. He is simply able, but what God wants you to be is to be available. You see, God has given you a vision. Many of us are like those stubborn ox. We stop moving. And now we have another vision. Watch this. I'm going to drop something in your spirit. God's giving you a vision to move and to work. You stop moving and you stop working and that ox gold is poking you and clearing away for the plow to keep going. But you got another vision. Where there's two visions, there's that vision. You missed it. Also known as division. But God has not come that we would be separated. But God has given us a clear path and a clear vision. As we stand in privilege today, if there's one, will you come? Give me your hand and give the Lord your heart. As we extend this privilege to Christian discipleship. God of Arca safety, today is a mighty good day. Will you come? Well, I was waiting, but I'll go ahead and say it. <laughs> Though the storms keep on raging. In my life, sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day. you know that I told you that God wants to use you where he has placed you sometimes we find ourselves placed right in the midst of a storm and we feel like giving up and giving in but the Lord says even when the storm comes in your life, Franklin, don't stop moving. Look at somebody that said, even if the storm keep going. And when the storms come in life, don't stop working. Keep working. Keep holding on and holding out. Because help is on the way. Do y'all believe that? Do everybody that's been in the storm? Maybe you ain't been in the storm, but maybe you're in the storm right now. Maybe you're trying to figure it out trying to find your way out. It's dark in your life, but God says, I'll work it out. Don't try and figure it out. Don't try and find it out, but just trust me to work it out. I'm going to dedicate this song to you that's in a storm today. And I want you to know that the storm won't last always. Isn't that right? But the storms will keep on raging. Though the storms keep on raging in my life And sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day Still that a hope that lies within is reassured as I keep my eyes upon the distant shore. I know you'll be me safely to 
that blessed place he has prepared. But he the storms don't cease. And if the wind keep on blowing, listen, my soul has been anchored in the Lord. Can I say that again? Though the storms keep on raging in your life, and sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day. I know it gets dark sometimes. Still, that hope that lies within is reassured. As I keep my eyes upon the distant shore, I know you'll lead me safely to that blessed place he has prepared. But the storm don't see and just in case the wind it keeps on blowing in my life my soul my soul has been anchored
because he holds me fast. So dark a day, clouds in the sky. I know it's alright. I know it's alright. Can I talk to myself? I know it's alright. Tell somebody. I know it's alright. Cause Jesus is not in my soul. My soul. Amen. 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 